Welcome everybody to the Extra Credit Show. I am Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. And we are back again with another podcast this week to help everybody master their credit score and get the extra credit that you guys deserve. Good morning, Richard. How are you? I'm awesome. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. So, you know, we've had a great uh, couple of weeks now. Um, I love doing this show. And as we research topics or just kind of take a look around and, and figure out, all right, what are we going to talk about this week? I realized that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau issued updated uh, FCRA model disclosures. And that sounds fancy. Uh, but what that really is, is they just kind of updated what the creditors have to disclose to the consumers as far as like a summary of the rights. And so this is the little, this is like the back of a credit report, like the fine print where they talk about all the rules and regulations that banks have to follow. And I thought it'd be interesting to go through it and just kind of break it down. They, they update it and there's a really big change in there. And I haven't told Richard what the big change is. So as we get to it, I will let him know or, or we'll see if he figures it out beforehand. Probably not. <laughs> so again, this is a summary of your rights under the Fair Credit Reporting Act. The Fair Credit Reporting Act, we've talked about it before. There's, it's a book or you know, it's an, a federal law. Um, and it's pretty deep and it's pretty complex. Um, and so they break, try to break it down um, in a summary of rights. And even the summary of rights is pretty long. So we're going to just jump right in and just start talking about it. So uh, the very first bullet point is you must be told if information in your file has been used against you. And then it says anyone who uses a credit report or another type of consumer report to deny your application for credit insurance or employment or takes any other adverse action against you, must tell you, and they must give you the name, address, and phone number of the agency that provided the information. Now, Richard, break that down. So essentially, if you go, you know, for example, you go to a bank and they, you try to apply for a loan, let's just call it a personal loan, and the, the credit score is not up to par, uh, they, or they don't approve you because they see something that they don't like, maybe a bankruptcy, they deny you. If they deny you, you have a right to ask the bank, okay, why are you denying me? Um, they have to provide you the information to the credit bureau so you can contact the credit bureaus and figure out what's going on. Yeah, they definitely have to tell you the source of the information, but you know, it's not just a denial. Um, the words that they use here are adverse action. So Correct. it's pretty much any time, even if they do approve you and you get less than the best rate, so let's just say that you get approved, but instead of getting their best possible rate, you get a rate a couple points higher because your, your credit score is not perfect. Um, and so that's technically an adverse action. And so they don't, it's not just for denials and it's also just not for credit. Very interestingly, it's also for insurance. Yes. Um, so it could be car insurance, life insurance, um, and employment. Any, any one of those where they used um, a credit report or some type of data report and took an adverse action against you, they must disclose who they got the information from. And, and you would think, okay, so it would be Experian, Equifax, or TransUnion. But it's not always the case. We've talked about oh, in other sure. episodes how there's like 50 different credit bureaus. So it could be any one of those agencies and they have to tell you who it's from. Yeah. So that's, an, that's, a, that's an interesting right that people have. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's complex, but, it, but it's, surface, it's a basic, that's right? You, you sh that's something that you should be able to have. Um, if you're getting denied for some reason, you need to know why. Otherwise, it would be completely unfair to the consumer. And most of you guys, if you've ever applied for credit, this is the letter in the mail that you get, mm -hmm. right? It, you get a letter in the mail and it gives you this information, who they use, 
Nowadays, they tell you what the score was and what score model they use. And so this is the letter that you get in the mail, basically is what that means. So moving on, um, it says you have the right to know what is in your file. Uh, you may request and obtain all of this information that's in your file from a consumer reporting agency, which is your file disclosure. You will be required to provide proper identification, which may include your social security number. In many cases, the disclosure will be free. And then it lists when you're entitled to a free disclosure, which is if a person has taken an adverse action against you because of the information on your report, which that alludes to the point we just talked about. If you're the victim of identity theft, you also have the right for uh, a free disclosure. You file, Or if your file contains inaccurate, inaccurate information as a result of fraud. So anything related to fraud or identity theft, they basically have to give you a free file disclosure. And again, it's not just for the credit bureaus. It could be for like check systems or any mm -hmm. other. Uh, if, if you're using a corporate um, credit like Dun & Bradstreet or TransCredit, um, or some of those um, bureaus that maintain utility information. Yep. Um, so so any one of those. Um, also, if you're on public assistance, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, if you're a recipient of public assistance of any kind, welfare, food stamp, any of that. Or if you're not working, if you have no employment, they, they'll also give you a free one. Yeah, or if you're expected to apply for employment within 60 days. Mm -hmm. no, if you are unemployed but expect to apply for employment within 60 days. So yeah, those are essentially the fruit the the ways that you can get a free file disclosure and it um, kind of goes hand in hand with the first uh, with the first um, right you know if you've been denied for credit obviously there's something wrong or if you've had an adverse action against you there's something wrong with your report which means that you have a right to contact the the creditor and get your information yeah and obviously the 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 original one, which is you have the right to one free file disclosure every 12 months mm -hmm. um, from the National Credit Bureau. So mm -hmm. we all know about that one, the annualcreditreport.com one. Mm -hmm. um, so that's an interesting disclosure there. And, and it's it's a lot of words just to say, hey, you can access a free copy of your credit report and, and check it. I mean, most people don't leverage one of these rights. They literally, I mean, they, they don't. So, But extra credit show listeners do. You guys have all seen your credit reports. We are sure of it, right? <laughs> so uh then moving if you, on if you haven't you got an f yeah you have the right to ask for a credit score this one was interesting credit scores are numerical summaries of your credit worthiness yada yada so basically you have the right to ask for a credit score I, if i'm not mistaken i would believe that this would be the one that that's changed and, and the reason why is because when you go to a lender and they deny you and you ask about your credit they're not allowed to tell you anything, or at least that's what they claim. Well, no, they, the lenders can tell you your credit score. They can't lenders tell you your credit Lenders sometimes like auto lenders or mortgage lenders, they say that we can't release this version of your credit report to you. Mm. But they'll tell you these are your scores. Yes. Uh, but let's read this again. It says, credit scores are numerical summaries of your credit worthiness based on information from credit bureaus. Got it. And it says, you may request a credit score from a consumer reporting agency that creates scores or distributes scores used in re residential real property loans, okay. AKA mortgage loans, Yes, but you will have to pay for it. So there you go. You may request a credit score from the bureaus that creates the scores um, or, or, but you will have to pay for it basically. In some mortgage transactions, you will receive credit score information for free from the mortgage lender. Yep. So there's no inherent right to demand a free credit score but you you know sometimes they'll make you pay for it or sometimes they'll give it to you for free i guess it's at the mortgage lender's discretion i would say 
most of the time you get a free score disclosure. Um, so if you're applying for a loan, you're definitely going to get your credit score because it's going to be in the packet of documentation that they give you. And it's actually disclosed in the adverse action notice. Mm -hmm. So it's one way or another, you'll know what score they clocked you in at. Uh, this is not what's changed. So we still mm -hmm. we're still moving on. You have the right to dispute incomplete or inaccurate information, AKA credit repair. If you identify information in your file that is incomplete and accurate and report it to the consumer reporting agency, the agency must investigate unless you dispute, unless your dispute is frivolous. <laughs> um, they so, love that word frivolous. Yeah. You know, obviously you have the right to question anything on the credit report that is incorrect. That's really where credit repair comes in. But the bureaus also have the right to dismiss a dispute and deem it as frivolous. And I think that's what separates the, the beginner from the advanced credit repair guy. I really do. Um, so can you talk a little bit about frivolous disputes? So what they mean by frivolous disputes are, are disputes that have no merit, no basis for, for an account being disputed. One example is if you've challenged the collection account that they have deemed is verifiable, and then immediately you dispute it again, and then they verify it a second time, and then you continue uh, trying to dispute it over and over and over. That is one example of a frivolous dispute. They've already done their due diligence. You know, I would disagree with that because their, their method of verification is weak, but according to the law, they've done their due diligence and verified this debt. You don't have a right to keep challenging it. Um, that, that's one method. Right, so oftentimes, if you research credit repair on your own, a lot of the stuff out there is just keep disputing, right? Mm -hmm. And then they'll say, you know, you don't just dispute something and then that's it. Like, I dispute this. You have to give a reason. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes the reasons are very simple, like not mine, not mine. I didn't pay late. You know, you just kind of have these absolute negatives to what they're saying. Um, and, and so, okay, you can dispute something one time and say, this is not mine. So they're going to go verify name, date of birth, social security number. Yep, it's the right person. So it gets verified. Yes, this is yours. Um, and then if you do it again You're and say so the same thing, yes, then it it's a, it's a, they can deem it as a frivolous dispute and not reinvestigate that, that account. It's not that you don't have the right to re-dispute accounts. Again, as I just stated earlier, uh, their method of investigation is pretty weak. And someone just said, you know, they verify your name, your date of birth, and your social, and okay, this belongs to you. But that's not necessarily accurate. There is fraud, there is identity theft, or there is confused identities. When you redispute an account, you have to provide actual proof of why this isn't yours. You might have some documentation that'll show that you, you know, you don't owe what this creditor's claiming you owed, or that it doesn't belong to you. It might belong to someone else like your father. Then you have a right to redispute. But if all you do is just say the same thing, it's gonna get turned down as frivolous. Yeah, you definitely want to provide a different angle, a different context, maybe new information that wasn't included in your original dispute, and that's how you would mm. That's how you will avoid them deeming your dispute as frivolous because they will literally just sometimes they won't even respond. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll just say this is a frivolous dispute. We've already investigated and, you know, we're not doing anything. I'd like to just write them back. Your your frivolous response is frivolous. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, that is the credit repair game. This That's where it comes in at. And, you know, and it's really this particular bullet point. You have the right to dispute incomplete or inaccurate information. Mm -hmm. um, so and it. I mean, it's when you look at a trade line, 
maybe you do have an account with that company, but yep. the trade line itself could have incorrect things. Oh, cor um, absolutely. So, you know, the, and the trade line has many, many pieces of information uh, off the top of my head, probably at least 15 different pieces of information mm -hmm. that could potentially be incorrect. Mm -hmm. so, so, so I think the technical ability there to break that down is what separates, again, a, uh, someone who's doesn't have experience in credit repair versus somebody who does. I mean, point blank, that's just how it is. Uh, so moving on, consumer reporting agencies must correct or delete inaccurate, incomplete, or unverifiable information. Inaccurate, incomplete, or un unverifiable information must be removed or corrected usually within 30 days. However, a consumer reporting agency may continue to report information as verified as accurate. So, And, and that's part of the, the 15 pieces of information that uh, and someone just finished uh, mentioning, you know, correct they must correct or delete inaccurate incomplete or unverifiable information that could be you know yes you have this account but the balance is off or the date that they're reporting a delinquency off is off or even the name of the creditor is wrong little stuff like that the data was open the data was open uh, i good example um i just we just went over a credit report with a client and i noticed that there was a few late payments involved um, and they started to add a trended data to the report, meaning <laughs> that they're showing all the payments that the client has been making. Mm -hmm. So in this particular report, um, the balance is going down, mm -hmm. but where it says recent payment made, it says zero. And mm -hmm. it's been saying zero, like they haven't made any payments, but they, they have made payments because the balance is going down. Yes. They're not marking them late. The lates were six months ago. But so that's an error right there that they're not showing that what dollar amount was the recent payment. We know that they made a payment because the account is current. The balance goes down, but they're not showing what the payment was. So that right there is obviously something that we can exploit and say, hey, what was the recent payment made? This whole thing has to be completely reported or not at all. So that's a, that right there would be a technical reason why we would go after that account. Like the, I don't know if you remember, I think I might have mentioned it uh, several shows back um, where one of my consumers had a 30 day late payment with a creditor like November of I don't know what year. But after we disputed the account, they migrated the 30 day late for two months later. So we redisputed it again and then it migrated for the next month. They kept changing the information, never actually verifying. It was impossible to have verified this information because it always kept migrating. That's a reason for you to nail the credit bureaus and actually just threaten them. Either you delete this now or I'm going to nail you because it is impossible that you verified a migrating late this many times. Yeah. And so oftentimes when you understand that most of this investigation and then the verification of the information is done automatically through an online system mm -hmm. uh, you realize okay so the, auto, the the system is messing up somewhere because this they're not no human is actually behind this investigation it's all done electronically so sometimes you you, you gotta like intervene and say hey guys so have a human look at it because it's it's pretty bad you know and, and one of that situation that you just explained that's one of the more egregious ones so are they still using eOscar? Yeah, eOscar is the the software that the bureaus use to communicate to and from data furnishers. So okay, so consumer reporting agencies may not report outdated negative information. So I mean that just means that they can't report anything that is over seven negative information that's over seven years old or bankruptcies that are more than ten years old. Um, so in the past they would report tax liens and judgments, but as mm -hmm. we know they don't report tax liens and judgments on credit reports anymore. That's correct. Access to your file is limited. Um, 
we would hope so. <laughs> a consumer reporting agency may provide information about you only to people with a valid need, usually to consider an application with a creditor, insurer, employer, landlord, or other business. The Fair Credit Reporting Act specifies those with a valid need for access. So this is kind of what we talked about last week about do you need signed written permission to access a credit report? No, no. you don't. Um, you know, there's permissible purpose. That's the standard. Well, unless you're an employer. And an employer, you always need signed written permission. Right. But, you know, you don't necessarily need it to pull a report. You just need permissible purpose. So um, that's how creditors have access to credit. That's how debt collectors have access to credit reports. You're mm -hmm. not going to sign uh, a paper to a debt collector allowing the debt collector to pull your report. They right. don't need it. They, but I think we clarified that last week's right, episode, yeah, too, where yeah, you actually sign it in the original agreement with the creditor that if you if you default on them, they have a right to send it to a collection agency and, you know, do whatever they need to do to collect this debt. Right. Right. So and so, I mean, that's a pretty, um, you know, it's one of those things where the, the information is there. Um, it's just part of the disclosure uh, mm -hmm. that they need to read. So access to your file is submitted. We just went through that. Um, so here, this actually goes on what you just said. You must give consent for reports to be provided to employers. So oh, yeah. This is explicitly says that a consumer reporting agency may not give out information about to you. About you. About you to your employer or a potential employer without your written consent given to the employer. I, w I got ahead of myself, yeah, I guess. Written consent generally <laughs> is not required in the trucking industry. What the heck? Uh, written <laughs> consent generally is not required in the trucking industry. So... Kind of contradictive there. Wow. I guess because in the trucking industry, they do a lot of uh, more intensive background checks. Uh, that makes this makes zero sense to me how they would just have this one like caveat like, OK, I, this is just an assumption. I'd have to do more research into it, but I think it has to do with the Patriot Act and that truckers, you know, have uh, the potential uh, to transport drugs and whatnot. And so they need more extensive background uh, checks. Well, sure, but that doesn't. But well, why does it not need a written permission? Um, I, I don't know. That, that makes no sense. But all right, moving on. Um, you may limit pre-screened offers of credit insurance. So we've talked about this. This is about opting out. Mm -hmm. So you know, this is how you get all that junk mail offering you credit, especially when you begin your credit repair journey. Your credit starts to go up, so you get a bunch of credit card offers. You can limit that by opting out. And so here it says that. Yes, you can limit that by opting out, and you can opt out by calling 1-888-567-8688 or 1-888-5-OPT-OUT. How convenient. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and then uh, here we go. The following Fair Credit Reporting Act applies with respect to the Nationwide Consumer Reporting Agency. Ooh. So this is specifically for the three bureaus, not the other, all the other ones. This is specifically mm -hmm. for this. And it basically talks about you having the right to place a security freeze on your credit report. We've talked about this. If you freeze your report, new creditors don't have access to it. So it will it will uh, limit, well, I pretty much eliminate the the ability for someone to open up new credit under your name. Um, so the security freeze is a great, great tool to use if you are a victim of identity theft or you feel you may be at risk. Um, so it kind of goes in depth. Now, in the past, um, well, in our in our previous shows, we've really talked about and broken down the difference between a credit freeze, a fraud alert, you know, and a and a, and a cr locking your credit through the through the apps that they have now. Um, but I think this is what spouted the F the CFPB to release this updated um, summary of rights. Is in the past, 
um, security freezes were not free, right? How much did they charge, or how, what is the cost for a security freeze? If I'm not mistaken, they were somewhere around fifteen to thirty dollars per bureau. And, and, and I think the fees varied per state. So I know in California, for a fact, they were ten bucks okay. per bureau every time you froze and refroze your credit. If you were not a victim of identity theft. But if you were a victim of identity theft, it, it, were, it was free. They were free. Well, as of September 23rd, all credit freezes will be free. So they've lifted the fees on all of them, which is interesting because when the Equifax data breach happened, Equifax said, all right, we're sorry. We're going to make credit freezes for us free. And we encourage TransUnion and Experian to also make them free. And they said, nah, we're still going to charge. <laughs> uh, this was last year. And so now a year later... It literally took an act of Congress to make them free. Like that's that's what happened. Um, it it kind of has to happen that way when you, when the holy grail of credit information, consumer credit information, has been hacked, and a good majority of Americans' file is out there. It's almost it's almost impossible not to make it free. It, you know, the consumer didn't ask for this information to get hacked but he has no choice in the matter. He shouldn't have to pay for Equifax's uh, mistakes. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it happened and, and we have an extensive episode about, you know, if you haven't listened to it, it's called Data Breach Survival Guide. Data Breach Survival Guide. It's an extensive episode about data breaches being the new norm and what to do. Um, and in that episode, obviously, we're going to talk about how it costs money to freeze your credit report if you're not an actual victim. But you know, as of September 23rd, 2018, it will be free to freeze your credit reports, which is a pretty cool deal uh, because you don't have to wait to be a victim. You don't have to react to identity theft. You can just be proactive, freeze your credit and be done with uh, being at risk. So and pretty if you, cool. If you don't want to take that route, you do have rights to place security alerts on your credit report as well. Um, now, normal security alerts are one year. But you can extend those up to seven years if you have been the victim of fraud. Right. Um, and so I feel that um, obviously a, a fraud alert or a secure, security alert is, is certainly nowhere near as effective as security freeze. Not at all. Neither one of those are going to be 100% foolproof. But a security freeze, it can be a pain in the, in the butt if you want to apply for your own credit. But... Um, I think at some point, you know, you really got to really consider freezing your credit report, especially if you don't plan on using it anytime soon. Mm. Um, freezing your credit. If, if money was like an objection, you're like, I don't want to spend 10 bucks. I like, <laughs> I don't, I would not want to give the bureau any more money. Like, no. I'm just like, I don't want to give them any money, even if it's 10 bucks. But now that it's free, well, why not? They um, already make a lot of money off your information anyways. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty cool. I, I was very happy. And that, that's actually what prompted the, the Bureau, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, to release an updated, revised version. Because in the past, the old versions of this disclosure basically said the bureaus have a right to charge you money. Um, and now basically says, no, they have to do it for free. So that's pretty cool. Breaking news. You heard it here first. The Extra Credit Show. Security freezes will now be free. So there you go. What do you think about that, Richard? I think it's great. Yeah, me too. I think it's, you know, I was really stunned when Experian and TransUnion decided not to follow Equifax and say, no, we, we're not going to do free freezes for people. Um, you still got to pay us. I, I just thought that was not the right PR move, but 
uh, what do I know? So, <laughs> but a year later, they're free thanks to a uh, new law. So, I guess laws are laws, and they gotta abide them. I mean, the, the they bureaus, work sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> the bureaus have been. I mean, they've been just really. The whole landscape is different from even five years ago. Mm. Um, but you can just imagine we've been doing this now since 2006. So you can just imagine how different the landscape has changed in the last 12 years. So very, very cool stuff, guys. Thanks for for hanging out with us today. Um, any? There's actually a few, a few more things. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Go for it. Uh, so for those of you that are listening to our show, uh, you actually can seek damages from violators. So if the credit bureaus violate any of these rules, you know, they don't do a proper investigation, they don't place security freezes or security alerts on your profile when you ask for them, um, you can actually sue them uh, in state or federal court. I think it's funny that they, like, it's a bullet point on the summary of rights, and it's mm -hmm. the last one, really. Mm -hmm. um, if, a, you know, it says, yeah, that, basically, you can sue them for money. And gosh... They've been sued a ton. Oh yeah, they, they've they've definitely lost many of those lawsuits, and people have actually won millions, significant amount of money mm. from the credit bureaus for some egregious cases. Um, it's a whole industry, um, but yeah, I mean, definitely you can. But you know, it's like one of those where it's like, okay, you can you can pretty much sue anybody, right? But this is a specific right where it allows you to sue for damages which mm -hmm. is pretty cool because if you can make a case that you were damaged and i mean i've seen some really crazy cases where they say look you caused me to get a one percent higher rate on my mortgage loan mm -hmm. and that it's going to cost me ninety thousand dollars in damages because i'm going to pay that much money over the course of the life of the loan so you got to pay me that and people have won those. Um, Plus so, punitive damages on top of so that. So it's pretty interesting. I mean, obviously, the legal system is is interesting in the United States. We're very, very sue happy. And I mean, it's because of clauses like this that makes that possible. So again, maybe score one more for the consumers. But um, yeah, that's another right that you have. And the final bullet point is just of informational one that says that Identity theft victims and active duty military personnel have additional rights um, in addition to all the rights that were just summarized. And then it gives a link to consumerfinance.gov forward slash learn more if you want to know, uh, which that's pretty cool too. Um, the military personnel have a significant amount of additional rights that can make credit repair process easier because it's, I mean, if you're deployed and you're out of the country serving your country and somebody ruins your credit, while you're doing that, you, they have a significant amount of additional rights that can help the credit repair process. So if you are listening to the show um, and you know somebody or you yourself are an active duty military, make sure, maybe we'll do an episode on that, um, but make sure you check that out because you definitely have additional rights. So there you now, go. states, according to the, the final script on this page, states can enforce the Fair Credit Reporting Act as well. And many states actually have their own consumer reporting laws. Um, you may actually have more rights depending on the state that you live in, uh, in addition to what's already been discussed. Yeah. So if you ever wondered what all the fine print at the end of a credit report was, well, there you go. This mm -hmm. was it. Um, we hope it provided value to you guys in context. A lot of this stuff, it's like I would consider... Um, you know, a given, but it's interesting to see uh, where a lot of the language comes from. Um, a lot of the, I can, by reading this, I can understand their intent. Um, and so it's pretty cool. I liked it. So 
Do we have, do we have an extra credit task of the week for our listeners, Richard? Yes. Uh, if, if you're listening to the extra credit show and you live in a different state or even just in California, look up your own state's credit reporting laws to see if you have any additional rights. Yeah, that would be good. To, mm -hmm. um, you know, we live in California, so we're very familiar with those. But if you live in a different state, which we know a lot of our listeners do, check out some of your state's additional consumer protections. They may be significant and they may help with your credit repair process. So. Guys, that's it for this week's show. I am Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. We'll see you guys next time.